Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, welcome into WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dondero with you until 1 a.m. We will have time to react to the Celtics game. Can't wait for that after game one of the NBA Finals, Celtics and Warriors. Steph Curry, um, if you haven't been watching, if you're just flipping through and you happen to catch this little update here, Curry has been unconscious. And right now, Jalen Brown is at the line, uh, putting the Celtics ahead 50-49, and he's just about to take another free throw, and it is good. Celtics up two, despite the fact that Seth Curry has been unconscious in the first half of this game. He set a record for three-pointers in the first quarter, and the Celtics are up two. Jason Tatum really hasn't even gotten going yet. Um, I'm going to talk about some other stuff other than the Celtics here because they're on, but I can't promise that I'm not going to mention the game because I I just can't promise that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, But we'll react to the game at halftime. About two minutes to go till halftime. As the Celtics and Warriors sort of go back and forth here. It's been close in the first half. Great series. Great game. I love the matchup. Obviously, a lot to talk about um, with those two teams playing on the biggest stage that basketball has to offer. So, we'll see where it goes and what happens in that game. We'll keep you updated throughout the night. uh, And then we'll react when the game ends. Um, You know, a lot to think about here outside of basketball. And, you know, one of the things that... You know, I know I understand this is reaching a little bit, but it'd be not, you know, we saw this for the last 20 years when the Patriots first won the championship. It sort of um I don't want to say it launched a new era. I mean, it did launch a new era in Boston sports and all that, but I think it was contagious a bit. You know what I'm saying? It was contagious for the Red Sox. You know, they saw what happened you know, the Patriots winning, everybody feels good about it, the city's electric. I think in, in a way, with the ownership, it became contagious. And I'm hoping, based on where the other three franchises are right now, if the Celtics are able to pull it off, it could become contagious again. Especially with the Patriots, a team that you think, we think, the quarterback has been identified. The quarterback has been found, you'd think. And I know a lot of people have had a lot of different opinions about the team this year. And there's still so much time until the beginning of the regular season and until actual things, you know, actual training camp and things begin and the game start and all those things. But Mac Jones, I'll say this. I don't know how I feel about the commitment to being a healthier eater. I mean, I'm sure that doesn't hurt, but I need production on the field. 
And he's doing that. You know, he's preparing as if he's going to uh, be the man. He's he's doing everything that I'd hoped that he would do coming out of a productive year one going into year two. He's working with guys in the offseason. He's grinding. He's doing all the things that he needs to do for on-field production. So I hope it continues to work out for him. And I hope that they find a way to generate some of the energy that the Celtics have generated during this playoff run. You know, I hope they're watching what the Celtics are doing during this playoff run, and they're taking notes. You know, the the Patriots are no strangers to being at TD Garden, watching the Celtics. Like, I hope they're taking notes. I hope they're feeling the vibes that the Celtics are giving off because this is what it is. What the Celtics are doing, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but hey, the Patriots, they made the playoffs last year. Last year they made the playoffs. So, it's you know, you can't say they're 100 million miles from where they want to go. I still think they're a ways away, but they did make the playoffs last year, which means, you know, they're better than a lot of the teams in the league. With that being the case, you need to take note. You know, you need to watch this. You need to see how mentally tough they are. We know there was a, you know, an instance where Mac Jones was at one of the games and he was yucking it up with Jason Tatum and everything. You know, I want them to learn how to be a champion. Now, we'll see if the Celtics can win the championship. That's a tough ask. But I'm just saying, this what this team, the Celtics, have put forth during this playoff run has been championship level. They've done all the things a champion does. They've overcome adversity. They've won on the road. They've beaten the best. To be the best, you got to beat the best. All the cliches. They've done that. They've gotten there. And now it's just about can they finish it off before this finals is over? Can they beat the best team of the last decade in this finals? And by the way, the first half just ended, and they're, they're not, they are after the bar- avalanche of Steph Curry three-pointers, the Celtics go into the half up to. Celtics into the half up to after the avalanche of three-pointers from Steph Curry. A very encouraging sign. A very encouraging sign if you're the Boston Celtics. Okay, And since they're basically, you know, it's 56-54, I'm going to give you my thoughts in this series as people transition over to this station um, during the break here, during the halftime. Okay? This series, I believe, the Celtics went through. Now, I understand Golden State has a good defense. They do. But the physicality that Miami possessed and the physicality that Milwaukee possessed was on a different level. 617-779-7937 if you want to call and talk about that first half uh, during this halftime. It's on a different level. Okay? They're not going to get the type of resistance from Golden State. Now, they'll get resistance, but it won't be the same type of resistance that they got against Miami and against Milwaukee. I don't think they'll be as taxed. In fact... I think they're going to give my give Golden State some of what Miami gave the Celtics, and eventually it's going to wear them down. Steph Curry, it's all he was unconscious in the first quarter. He's been playing great, and by halftime, the Celtics they have him complaining and whining and just you know bitching to the refs. That's a problem. You know what I mean? That's a problem. If you're Curry. You need to find a way, you know, you can't, like, lose your your cool that easily. 
I just feel like he's lost his cool a little bit. So Steph Curry, I, 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 that was as good of a first half I think as you could ask for. I would like to see Tatum heat up, and I know some guys on Twitter are getting on me, understandably so. It's working, but I just feel like Tatum is at his best when he's scoring, when he's looking to score, and when he can become not engaged, but when he can get cooking a little bit, and then make the right pass, and then make the right play. But you got to get going. You know, right now that's what my concern is right now. He's facilitating. He's doing all those things that are good. You know, I like all that. But I I just want him, you know, he, he isn't going yet. I want him to get going. Offensively. I want him to, I, I want him to really, I want him to become engaged. I want him to get hot. That's what I'm trying to say. I want him to get hot. And so far, he's not hot. That's what I want him to do. Okay? Now he looks good. He's, he's moving the ball. He's making the right play, all those things. I want him to get hot. But I just think it's a disaster for the Warriors. Forget about the fact that Curry was on fire and they were up four at the end of the first quarter, whatever it was. But Curry, after the hot start, after all the threes, after everything was, it was going right for the Warriors at halftime, they're down two, and he's bitching to the rest. That's so awesome. I mean, I could. it's hard to – I mean, the Celtics left him open a couple times that I didn't really care for. So I, I'm not going to say that's as good of a situation as you could have found in the first half. That would be um, incorrect. But the Celtics being up two with how Curry played – And now you're, I'm not going to say they're getting in his head, but he's getting frustrated and he's complaining to the refs. That's awesome. I just need, I need Jason Tatum, who's making the right play, doing all that, distributing, and the guys are coming through. That's great. But I need Tatum to get going. And I know he's so elite offensively. It doesn't take much for him to get going. And I have confidence when he needs to get going, he can for the most part. But I just think if, if he's going to really, if they're gonna, if the Celtics are gonna be at their best, Tatum has to be producing offensively. He has to get going offensively and be, you know, a threat every time he has the ball to score, knowing that he's got the hot hand. And then you make all the passes. You don't lose the hot hand because you're making passes, making the right play. But I need him to continue to make the right play and to continue to find ways to get his shot and to make his shot. That's when the Celtics are at their best. I'm 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 mystified by the fact that they left Curry open so many times. Um, But like I thought would happen, I don't know if he got worn down in the first half there, but he cooled off and then he got frustrated. You know, they're going to find ways to frustrate him. They're too good defensively not to. And if they do that, I think it's going to be a really tough situation for the Warriors if they only can go to, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who was actually pretty good in the first half, and Jordan Poole. And I think Otto Porter can offer something too because Otto Porter has been a thorn in the side of the Celtics dating back to the Kelly Olenek uh, Washington Wizards series from 2017 that the Celtics ended up winning in seven games. I remember him being a pain in that series, and he did it again in the first half, but the Celtics are still up too. Now, you know, this it can go a million different directions in the second half, 
but Marcus Smart was making his shots. I had enough of Daniel Tice in the first half. I'll say that. I had enough of him. Good. He did hit a big three. I'll give him that. But defensively, he committed a foul. There were some rebounds he missed out. I've had enough of Daniel Tice's the finals. Um, if we can avoid putting Daniel Tice in there, I'm for that. But Derek White picking up where he left off after that Miami series, that is positive. Obvious. I mean, that's excellent. And I'd like to think that his length could at points be a disruption to Curry. He's two inches taller than Steph. Look, when it comes down to it, Steph Curry, I know he's a great, great player. I love Steph Curry. I've lo- I've always rooted for the Warriors when they've been in the finals. But the fact is, at this point, he's 6'2", and he's 34 years old. That's the best player on the team you're playing. He's awesome. But you've got to find a way for the Celtics to wear him down. You've got to. You've got to wear him down throughout the course of this series. Physicality, Marcus Smart being all up in his life, in his jersey for three games. I mean, you've got to find a way to wear him down. Because, again, 34 and smaller and shorter than a lot of the guys that are defending him on the Celtics. That you have to make a significant advantage later in this series. Not in game one, certainly not in the first quarter. But later in the series, it needs to become a significant advantage. And we'll see what happens. I love the Celtics in this series. I love it. I just think the path that they took to get here was so much more impressive and spoke to me so much louder than what the Warriors did. The Warriors, they went up on Denver and, you know, no adversity. They went up, again, it was one-to-one against Memphis, but then John Morant goes out, their best player goes out. Game three. You know, obviously that's going to hurt them. It's going to kill them. And then they cruise the rest of the way other than that 50-point loss. They cruise the rest of the way. Then they obviously cruise against the one-man band that is Luka Doncic in the in the Mavericks. So, uh, you know, no adversity, and now they're going to face some adversity. We'll see. Maybe they can handle it. Maybe they can handle it. More in the game when we get back. They're at halftime. We'll have an update. I'm Mark Dundero, and this is WEI Late Night. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Celtics and Warriors currently locked into game one of the NBA Finals. Celtics up at halftime, 56-54. They trail by as many as 10. Steph Curry with a record six three-pointers in the first quarter. And the Celtics are still winning at halftime. The Red Sox are off tonight as they get set to play a 10-game West Coast trip. Starting with the Oakland A's. Tomorrow night, first pitch is at 9.40 p.m. right here across the Shaws and Star Market Red Sox. uh, WEI Red Sox Network. Don't miss the Visit Massachusetts pregame show tomorrow at 8.40 p.m. with Mutt. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Make Massachusetts yours. Start, start your adventure at visitma.com. In the NFL, a handful of big names have officially put in their papers for retirement. Frank Gore signed a one-day contract to retire as a 49er. Didn't he just fight like in a boxing match recently? He didn't. He won. He won. He knocked the guy out, and I didn't yep. even realize he was retired. That's a heck of a career. 16,000 career rushing yards. Longevity, baby. Longevity. Says a lot. Gore finishes third in the NFL history with this, those 16,000 yards you just uh, referenced, Nathan. Journeyman QB Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, listen, he's currently in talks with Amazon for a role in their broadcast team. I love it. Um, I think this guy, I'm happy to see him go. I think he always gave the Patriots fits. 
He always found himself on a team that they were playing. He gave him fits. Great career. I enjoyed watching him. The beard. Get out of here. Uh, he's retiring. Congrats to Fitzpatrick. And uh, same with the Steelers. Interior defensive lineman, Stephon Tuitt. And 49ers center, Alex Mack. All of whom are reportedly retiring. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. 617-779-7937. Celtics and Warriors at the half. Celtics up 56-54, despite the fact that Steph Curry set a record for three-pointers in the first quarter of the NBA Finals. Um, Celtics are actually shooting a better percentage overall than the Warriors, 48% to 46%, something like that. Let's talk to Chad and Walpole. He wants to talk about the Celtics. Chad, how are you? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for the call. How's it going? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've been listening. Uh, Thanks again for having me. But uh, as you mentioned, Curry's going off. Which is, you know, again, going to happen. But with the record performance he had in the quarter, being on the road, and honestly the whole Warriors team as a whole is shooting pretty well, the fact that we're winning right now has to bode well for not only the rest of this game, but potentially the series, and especially with uh, Tatum not fully going off. Just wanted to get your take on that with the way that the Warriors came out hot, being on the road, and yet here we are, not necessarily playing our best basketball yet, but we're in the lead at half. It's a great point, Chad. Uh, I appreciate the phone call. That's exactly right. Um, it's as good as you could hope in terms of that. Now, obviously, you got to defend Steph Curry better, which, you know, I obviously didn't hit six threes in the second quarter. So that wasn't going to continue. You have to find a way to withstand the offensive onslaughts. And the Celtics just came out and gave up a couple shots right in a row. Uh, a three and a two, and now they're down three. That's going to happen with this team. They're too good. Okay, you just need to continue to withstand it and let this is what I'm talking about with Jason Tatum, though. It's nice that he's facilitating, but you've got to get him going offensively. So it's great you can make the I mean, that's essentially what kind of happened in game seven against the Heat. He was he got going all night long. I mean, he was facilitating, making the right play all night long. But then in the in the fourth, when you needed him to get going, he had never gotten going really. Not real, not to the level that you needed in Game Seven of a huge playoff game. So I just think that it's going to come down to him really matching Curry at times in this series, sort of like he did with Giannis. And I agree with Chad and Walpole. The fact that the Celtics were able to win and then end the half with the lead. I mean, now we'll see where it goes in the second half. If they end up getting blown out in the second half, that doesn't do any good. But I don't know how you don't come out into the second half if you're the Celtics and feel good about that. The second half is underway. Celtics down three. We'll have reaction after the game, um, obviously, on the Celtics and what's going on there. Okay, so just transitioning a little bit, 
as Jason Tatum turned the ball over here. So he's not even facilitating correctly right there. Damn it. Okay. Uh, Mac Jones, you know, there, Tom Curran was on, I think, with Rich Eisen earlier. And his main point, once again, centered around the coaching staff of the Patriots and what was going to happen this year, this fall, in terms of who will be running the show from a play-calling perspective and as the offensive coordinator. Can we, do we have that sound, Ethan? Let's run that sound from Rich Eisen and um, Tom Curran. It looks like it's going to be Joe Judge. Joe Judge is spending all his time with the offense during these OTAs, all his time with Mac Jones. He's the quarterback's coach. Belichick is overseeing the offense almost to the complete exclusion, again, in the sessions we're seeing. Maybe in the sessions that were not there, Belichick is over with the defense. I doubt it. But he's overseeing what Joe Judge is doing with the offense, and he's tweaking things. I believe the intention is to have Joe Judge be the play caller, quarterback's coach, de facto offensive coordinator. But until Bill believes that he's fully up to speed, Bill will remain the in case of emergency break glass. And, Joe, I'll do this for a little while. So that was Tom Curran with Rich Eisen. And, look, do I love it? I don't love it. But I think, you know where this would be the ultimate concern? This is where I think this would be the ultimate concern. If you had Mac Jones in this situation with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and people trying to figure out, like, who's the offensive coordinator, who was going to be the guy primarily responsible for calling plays and developing Jones. If you had that, I think it would be a bigger deal, a more worrisome scenario if Bill Belichick obviously wasn't here. You know, that's where it would become a a really big problem. Because if Bill Belichick wasn't here, you'd have a new head coach, somebody based, you know, a lot more obviously unproven than Belichick, and the new offensive coordinators that had no idea either the culture or what was going on. So that would be a different scenario. But Bill Belichick's here. And Mac Jones is capable. So with that combination in place, you know, I'd like to think, that meant, that means they're going to be okay. That's what I'd like to think. That's why I have not gone crazy this whole time about the fact that Mac Jones has this, you know, there's this new coach and we don't know how proven they are and this and that. I, I have not gone crazy about that. And I will not go crazy about, until Mac Jones proves to me that he is not the dude. Um then I will change my mind. I will alter the course, whatever you want to say, until he proves that to me. I think Mac Jones is capable enough. I have enough trust in Mac Jones. I think he's a grown-up. I think he's responsible. I think he has enough game where this is going to be the Celtics, checked out, the Patriots benefiting from the maturity of Mac Jones and benefiting from the fact that he knows what he's doing. Maybe some of that he learned at Alabama. Maybe some of that he took from Nick Saban. Good for him. I hope so. And then you combine that with Bill Belichick being here. That is comforting to me. So the fact that Joe Judge is the offensive coordinator, it doesn't bother me. Again, if Bill Belichick wasn't here, if he was, you know, if there was some Sean Payton type um you know, suspension or something like that, and he, was, he wasn't he was here, then that would be a problem. Then I'd be worried because then it would all be on Mac Jones. 
but Belichick's here. You know, I can't imagine he just lets it go completely off the rails, even in the event Joe Judge struggled or something like that. I, I mean, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Bill Belichick hasn't been at his best without Tom Brady. Nobody would be. But I can't imagine with Mac Jones in place and the potential that you saw in him during his rookie year that the fact that Joe Judge is his offensive coordinator or whatever it may be, that isn't going to derail the Patriots. Not with Jones and the potential we've seen in him and not with Bill Belichick still in place. So that, in a long story short, is why I'm not all that concerned. It's why I don't feel like this team needs to really find a way to hit the panic button because Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. I'm not a Matt Patricia. Like, I think Matt Patricia is a, a fine coach, but I'm not going to get all freaked out that he is not able to bring in Bill O'Brien or somebody like that. I'm not going to get freaked out about that because I just think there is too many p- responsible people, namely Belichick and Jones, who are going to be able to find ways to produce for the Patriots. So that's kind of my take on that. Celtics currently down five. Jason Tatum still not going offensively, and this is what I'm talking about. See, I, again, make the right play all night long. Pass it, fine. But I need Tatum to get going offensively. Then make the right play. All of that. Curry doing a lot of complaining to the refs, and I love to see it. Celtics down five with one of the Warriors guys at the line. Hanging around. Hanging around. That's all they need to do. Hang around. They'll be fine. It's still nice to not have. See, the the one thing the Warriors, I know they have Curry, and I know the shooting is all that. They don't have the Warriors, that guy like Butler, that guy, obviously like Giannis. The guy that's going to come absolutely downhill at you and just be a terror at the rim. They don't have that guy. So they're down seven with the ball. And frankly, haven't played great. And the Warriors have been great. So in totality, I like it. The one thing I'm missing is Jason Tatum scoring. That's the one thing I'm missing. Now they continue to move the ball well. They continue to play the game the right way and all that. Al Horford just hit a three. I need Tatum to score. He's got to get going. If he doesn't get going, and and right now, honestly, and this is a problem, the Celtics are getting destroyed. Like, Al Horford needs to find a way to get a friggin' rebound. All right? Because that's the second time in a row that I've seen the Warriors, as they go to timeout, get an offensive rebound and get a bucket. You, Celtics, are supposed to have the length advantage on this team. I do not want to see the Warriors getting offensive rebounds all night long. I mean, Al Horford, is he's, he's allowed to jump for a rebound. You know, sometimes I feel like they're so concerned with boxing out, they forget to actually leave their feet to get the ball. It's early. And honestly, I think as a, they're in break here. I think that it's a disaster if the Warriors lose game one. I think it's, it's close to a disaster for them. They need to win game one. The Celtics have lost game one the last two series and have been fine. Once on the road, once at home. They've been fine. They're, you know, they're not going to panic if they lose game one. It's not ideal, 
You could argue it's playing with fire, but they're not going to panic. They need to find a way to not let the Warriors get a bunch of offensive rebounds. This isn't the Bucks. I mean, jump for the ball, Al. Get on the glass. You cannot give up second shots to this team of all teams. No team, but not this team. That can't happen. And Tatum needs to get going. He needs to get going. I appreciate the mentality. Team ball, move the ball, get everybody else going. But you have to find a way to get yourself engaged offensively and producing as a scorer. Let's talk to Shay and Clinton, who wants to chime in on Matt Patricia. I'd like his take as a Lions fan. Shay, how are you? Hey, I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thanks. So, having being a fan of a team that's been a perpetual Losers. Rebuild, yeah. 1957. Sorry, losers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I'm so sorry. You'll be you'll be chiming a different tune after week five. It's okay. Um, after after watching this team my entire life and watching the Matt Patricia era, yeah, he's not a fire coach. He's a defensive guru who took a moderately good defense and drove it into the ground. Took a a Super Bowl winning quarterback, now Super Bowl winning quarterback, and drove him out of town, as well as three of some of the best receivers outside of Calvin Johnson that we have had in the last 10 years out of town. There's a reason for that. Yeah, He's not a fine coach. He is a worthless piece of crap. Just right. speaking I- for all of Lions Nation. <laughs> I-, I can understand totally why. And, and Shay, real quick. What do you mean after week five, I'm going to be singing a different tune? What does that mean? With the Lions? Oh, yeah. Well, because the Lions are going to bite your kneecaps off. It's okay. Okay. Thanks. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, that, I was referring to the Patriots-Lions game in week five. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's good. I, I, maybe they will. I, look, I always root for the Lions on Thanksgiving. But I don't blame Shea for being salty about Matt Patricia. I agree with everything he said. To a point. I mean, the guy, you know, especially when you consider the fact that Stafford, the second he left, won a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, it's one thing. All right, I'm not asking you necessarily to win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford based on the guys you had in Detroit. But, like, don't suck completely. The second he left, he won a Super Bowl. That's a bad look. And obviously the the narrative of Matt Patricia and the players and coming out of Detroit was uh, really ugly. Um, But... That goes back to what we've talked about, what we've been concerned about in terms of Bill Belichick. And is he just interested in having guys around who he's comfortable with? Or does he want to get the best possible players or coaches around that will allow him and the Patriots to be at their best? That's what I'm, that's the concern that we've all had. Now, with Matt Patricia, it feels like, you know, the wrong way there. It feels like the the Patriots and and Belichick specifically are just trying to get the right guys around because he wants to be comfortable with the people, whatever. Like, I just think that's going to be a losing proposition. They need to find a way to get the – I mean, especially with where they are on the roster and with the AFC as loaded as it is. They need to find a way to get people, good coaches, that are really going to add some serious value to the team around 
because there are, um, you know, a lot of opportunities to lose here and to fail if you're the Patriots. That's what I think. So you got to find a way to get guys here that are going to help you really become, really make it so you can be at your best. I'm not sure Matt Patricia's that. Like, if he wanted to become Ernie Adams, fine. You know, a guy buried in the offices of Gillette Stadium that you can refer to. He can help you chime down with challenges. It was the fact that they were going to make him such an instrumental part of the coaching staff that everybody had a problem with. I don't think the people in New England don't respect him. And by people, I mean the players. I think they respect his presence. They respect what he's done and all that. I'm just, I don't know if, you know, I, I just don't know if he's a good enough coach. I mean, the defenses were maddening towards his end of the end of the time here. You know, obviously going back to the 38 to 28 to 3 game. That was not what you're looking for from Matt Patricia. You know, it was just leaking oil. The whole thing was leaking oil defensively in his last go around here. They held on for dear life against the Seahawks, won that Super Bowl. Obviously, they made some plays down the stretch against, uh, you know, against the, the Falcons. But, you know, that was probably more about the Falcons blowing it and Brady taking over the game and the offense of the Patriots taking over. That's what that was more about, so, more than Matt Patricia really making these brilliant halftime adjustments. And if they did make any halftime adjustments, you know that was Bill Belichick saying, all right, I got to do something. That's what that was. So it's hard to have a lot of confidence in what was going on there with Patricia at the end. But, you know, he is a guy that was the defensive coordinator for a team that won the Super Bowl. So it's hard to, you know, you can't take that away from him. Quick update on the Celtics as they go to break. They're down. I think it's nine. Don't have the ball. Um, Jay, from a scoring perspective, uh, perspective, Jason Tatum is playing like garbage as a scorer tonight. See, and this is why, you know, people are getting on me on Twitter. You, this is why I'm concerned. You've got He has to be going. You can't spend all night facilitating and hope you're going to beat the Golden State Warriors. You've got to, he has to get going as a scorer, as a scorer. That's what he does best. Now, I know the game plan, you know, they're going to focus defensively on stopping him. So you've got to get guys involved. But even when that's going on, you have to find ways to get yourself going. And that's what he has been unable to do to this point in the game. And that's the difference. That's the difference. If Tatum is going a little bit more, they're right there tied or in the lead or maybe behind by three. Instead, he isn't going. They're behind by nine. And don't have the ball. So that's the problem. We're going to pull it up real quick what he's shooting. Unless he scored a few, maybe he had that in one. But, you can, you know, down nine. As long as you keep it within ten going into the fourth, usually on the road, I'm okay with it. Tatum, two for 11. That's friggin' disgusting. Okay? Disgusting. Two for 11. You, you got to be better than that. I, I'm even surprised he's taken 11 shots. If It doesn't feel like he's taken. Jalen Brown's leading the team in shots with 15. Two for 11 is not even close. 10 points, not good enough. 
Not even close. He has had opportunities to get himself going, to take a few shots, especially early in the game. And he, he passed it up to get other guys going. Now, Al Horford has been awesome scoring. Not great on the boards, and he's a minus six. That's why the Celtics are losing this game. Everybody's in the red here. Tatum minus nine. Horford minus six. Williams minus ten. Smart minus six. Brown minus six. And they're down nine. I don't know how they were leading at halftime. But Tatum needs to score. That's what it is. He's got to find ways to score. He's got to find ways to put the ball in the basket. That's when the Celtics are at their best. I don't know why that's so hard. Yes, you have to. I mean, when Jordan wasn't doing it, he was trying to score all the time. And it wasn't until he learned to trust his teammates and all that when he finally was able to win the championship. I mean, we all watched the last dance. Tatum is doing the opposite. He's, he's trusting his teammates, which is good. But it can't just be them. It's got to also be, I'm scoring, and I've got myself going. You've got to get yourself going. If you're not able to do that, you're going to put yourself and your team in a hole. That's what's going to happen. And the Warriors are getting every bounce here. Every bounce has gone in. Every little tip has gone in. So that, that isn't helping. The Celtics, they have time. They're down 11 now, but they've got five minutes to go in the third. Play some defense, chip away, get Tatum going. There's your recipe right there. You know how to play good quality defense. And just one other quick point, we got to go to break. Ever since midway through the Miami series, Grant Williams has been positively useless. Positively useless. That has to change because he's one of your key bench guys. I mean, I'm not asking for... You know, greatness. I'm just, you cannot be positively useless. That's all I'm saying. And he has been useless. I mean, I'd have to go back. Obviously, he was great in game seven of the, the Bucks series. But he was useless since the middle of the series with the, with the uh, Heat. So that has to obviously change. And I can't believe how many shots Jason Tatum has passed up. All right, let's go to break. When we get back here, uh, Tom Brady had a comment that was interesting to me. We'll talk about that. More updates on the Celtics. This is WEI Late Night. Read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay him. But you will take the sting out these words before I say him. All right, back here on WEI Late Night, the Celtics are putting together an embarrassing third quarter. Embarrassing. Rob Williams has been horrific. Horrific. Grant Williams... Invisible Jason Tatum, pathetic offensively, and their defense overall has been disgusting. Disgusting as this game has worn on. Like, I understand that the, I know what the Celtics are, and, you know, Tatum with a wide open three, clang, he's been horrific. See, the Celtics defense, I get the Celtics team, I get it. I get it. They are, the roller coaster continues. So I think they could turn it around. You know, you just got to get it to under 10. If they're down 13 now with a minute 20 to go in the third. But Otto Porter is four or five from three. Steph Curry has hit threes all night. I mean, they, there's way too many open threes that the Warriors are getting. That's just inexcusable. I don't care. You had days off. You know what this team is. 
You can't have that. Now, again, the Celtics, if they lose game one, they're not going to be rattled. They've won these, you know, they won these series. They've been down game one. They've been down one game to none the last two times. But they're getting out-rebounded. Robert Williams, he, he can't, I mean, every time he does something good, he negates it with something bad. Not good enough. Not good enough. Derek White has free throws to cut it to 11. You just got to get it to under 10 and then see what happens in the fourth quarter. But Otto Porter, again, I remember Otto Porter in 2017. He was a pain in that series too. Wiggins has been good. Poole has been good. They're at home. That's what happens. The role guys step up. But the Celtics in the third quarter, they've scored. It's okay. I mean, 20 points isn't a disaster, I guess. But they're going to be at around 20 points. You got to have more than that if you're playing the Warriors in a quarter. You got to be at 25 points at least. Because the Warriors went off for another 30 something points, 31 points and counting in the third quarter. Just not good enough defensively in this game for the Celtics. Not good enough. Um, I guess I'll mention Megan Ottolini is out there in San Francisco covering the finals at WEI for us at WEI and WEI.com. Uh, you can listen for updates. Mega will be hosting with Merloni and Fourier from the Bay tomorrow and Monday from 2 to 6. WEI's NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when the drains won't flow in the by Massimo, uh, Massimo, Massimo Zanetti Coffee, where they champion every step of the coffee experience. Um, the Celtics... You gotta, damn it. The flow of this game pisses me off. All right, we were going to talk about Tom Brady, weren't we? Um, does anybody here watch the match? I, I, you know, I'm sort of Brady'd out. I thought the match, like the match is compelling. I love golf, so I'm watching. Um, you know, Brady, Tom Brady has historically not played well in the event, so just watching him not be good at something is interesting to me. But the fact that, you know, he's playing against Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and he's with Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he still could be in New England. He could be going against Josh Allen in the, in the division, but he's not here anymore. And I thought he made an interesting comment how, you know, he's not going to – after the match, they had a little, like, roundtable discussion, and Brady was open about the fact that he felt pressure to unretire based on the NFL calendar and that he wanted to get back into the league before free agency started, which I understand. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that he felt that type of pressure so close to retiring. I mean, he just announced his retirement, and then he felt all this pressure five, six weeks later. That made no sense to me. No sense to me. And he said something that felt very un-Tom Brady-like. He talked about how he was, I don't know, in it 55% to 45%. I thought that was really strange. 
really strange that Tom Brady, based on everything he had gone through and he went through the retirement process, he announced it, all the videos, the content, he came back on 55% conviction. That that was really un-Tom Brady-like and didn't make any sense to me. Celtics down 12 as they go to, as they start the fourth quarter. They're going to start the fourth quarter. 1.6 seconds left in the third. Try not to give up a point here. They do not, and they'll go into the fourth quarter down 12. So I wanted them down 10. They're going to be down 12. Otto Porter is annihilating them, and the defense has sucked, and Grant Williams is awful tonight. They've got to change it up. I mean, it's just not going to cut it against this team, and I'm sick of seeing it. There are matchups here that you do not have to – there were matchups that he presented, and I understood why Grant Williams had some struggles against that team. Against this team, he can't be useless, especially as a three-point shooter. You're going to have to find your stroke from the corner. He hasn't been doing it. And Tatum is still not producing offensively. Three of 14 from the field. Absolutely not going to get it done. 12 points, not going to get it done. All right, let's go to break. Um, I'll finish the Tom Brady point, and we'll get into the Red Sox, too. This is WEI Late Night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.